Hello, all, and welcome back to the Three Guy Keen Sports Podcast. I'm your host, Ryan, and I got my other co-hosts, Matt and G. Matt, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing well. Uh, it was a pretty productive weekend with Santon going on in New York City. Ryan actually came through for that. So, uh, so I'm feeling a little beat up this week, but obviously yeah. I'm always happy to be back here with you guys and can't wait to talk about sports. It'll be a good one. Yeah, definitely, definitely. G, how are you doing tonight? Uh, doing well, guys. Uh, you know, another day. Um, a lot going on in the sports world and just can't wait to get into it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, another day, another dollar. Uh, yeah, Matt, we uh, we went to Santa Con this past weekend. Tough Sunday, I'll tell you that. Tough Sunday morning. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, I'm ready to talk about sports with you guys, and let's just hop right into it. Uh, so this past week, we had both the Packers and uh, Jets play. The Patriots have their bye. Good, because I don't want to see them win anymore. <laughs> um, you know, we'll, let's talk about the Jets, get it out of the way, because, you know, they stink. Uh, they played the Eagles this past – no, they played the um, – sorry, the Saints this past weekend. Uh, I didn't catch most of the game, but um, I would say it was – you know, people didn't give it a bad performance, but I just don't like how we're not progressing in the way that we need to to build. build. I know we're a building team, but we just – I want to see, like, you know, I just want to see the ball movement with the offense and Zach Wilson. I know we were missing Corey Davis and um, – we're missing. Elijah Moore. Uh, Elijah Moore. Elijah Moore, yeah. yeah both, both of them are IR. Um, so it was tough. Uh, you know, and I know that, you know, the defense has been put on a lot, you know, with the struggling offense, and I give them all the props. But, um, you know, I got to see something here. And hopefully, you know, going the next couple of weeks, we can do something and, and piggyback back off that for next year. So, uh, you know, it's tough. It's, and sometimes it's just tough to see. I like your optimism, Ryan. And if I and if I were a Jets fan, like I would literally kill myself. Being a Patriots <laughs> yeah. fan for twenty years, like I have never experienced that, and uh, and yeah, hopefully I won't anytime soon. <laughs> yeah, <sighs> I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you have to complain about, G? You have like you had for the past like forty years two franchise quarterbacks. I, I'm I'm just like not nah, just the way Matt just said it, like. <laughs> just, made me, just just made me hate him first like a hot second <laughs> like honestly like i mean this dude they were they're supposed to suck like brady's gone they had a bad traditional <laughs> year and now they're number one in the afc like what kind of bullshit is this like what the <laughs> hell like that's what that's why i hate him but anyways go ahead yeah I will. <laughs> um G, how about you talk about your packers yeah um they had a real special performance, if I do say so myself. <laughs> and by special, I mean the special teams was absolutely atrocious. Um, offense was clicking. Um, I know the Bears scored 30 points, but I didn't think the defense played bad. I think a lot of it was special teams giving up <clears throat> uh, long returns in the kick and punt game, also giving up touchdowns in the special teams game, and the Bears kind of, you know, took advantage of short fields. I don't think the defense played that bad. I thought the offense the offense was fantastic. The defense was solid. You know, we gave up, gave up a couple big chunk plays. Um, but we all know that the Packers special teams plays like this in the playoffs. Like, we're not going to get it done. Like, it's just not going to happen. You can't um, have as many mental errors between um, not knowing to let a ball go – a kickoff go out of bounds so you can get it at your own 40 – but a, the kick returner touching it as it goes out 
and you lose 35 yards of field position. Um, I think they muffed two punts, and one of them was wiped away because of a bogus penalty by the Bears of running out of bounds. I mean, you muffed the wrong side, and I mentioned the multiple returns. It's it's tough, but, you know, I think the offense is peaking at the right time. You know, Rodgers is doing Rodgers things. Aaron Jones, A.J. Dillon, doing fantastic. Um, didn't Devante. miss a beat. Yeah, Devontae is just as usual. You know what I mean? He's just business as usual. Uh, didn't miss a beat without Cobb. Uh, interesting notes, Lazard played the slot the most snaps, and he did a solid job. So, you know, um, if he can kind of fill that production, you know, Cobb was like a reliable third down target, then, uh, you know, offense will be all right. Just uh, hoping to get everybody back healthy for the stretch run because I think we have a good shot at this year, you know. So, but we'll see. Hopefully, we get Jairs, Darius, and Bakhtari back healthy and uh, 100% for the playoffs so we can uh, be at our best or at least close to it. No, yeah, definitely. <clears throat> um, you know, I was watching the highlights of uh, the Packers and the Bears. And, yeah, the, you know, there, there was, you know, some mishandles by the special teams and whatever, but. You know, I was watching Rodgers throw the ball, and I'm going to tell you, man, there is no other team that has that many, like, good quarterbacks in the league. I saw him throw a 40-yard dime on the line, like, cover two, in the hole, like – Oh, to Devontae? To Devontae. I was like, holy shit. That's, that's like, what you call a rail shot, bro. I that's mean, what you call, Lord. like, there's only, like, maybe, like, three or four quarterbacks in the NFL that can do that. That's it. Yeah. And, like – Jeez, it's it just it's fun to watch him. It's really yeah. Good. He makes a couple of throws like that every game. I actually yeah. one that I don't think anyone's really talking about the third and eighteen throw he made to Lazard early in the game. Mm-hmm. I mean, it was just stupid. Ninety nine percent of quarterbacks will take the check down to AJ Dillon and just yeah. take the yards and whatever. And this dude throws it right over three defenders and puts it in a perfect place. I'm just like, that's just stupid, man. Like yeah, why? I like that. I. I, like, I was happy with the result. I'm like, I can't believe he had the balls to attempt that throw <laughs> and, and let alone to make it. So, but he's he's something, man. I'm going to miss him when yeah. he's gone. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Matt, you got any comments for this, this past game? Um, I mean, it wasn't surprising that the Packers lost. Um, I kind of wish uh, I took the Packers minus 12 and a half. But, you mean, Packers, uh, you mean so- the, Pack- the Bears lost? You said the Packers lost. Oh no, sorry, yeah. The Bears lost. Yeah, yeah, you know yeah, that. Yeah. But um but yeah, I and I wish I'd put the Packers down minus twelve and a half, but somebody on this podcast, I won't name names, uh Dude. told me uh not to. And but it's all right. Like especially <laughs> what happened in the first half, it was close. I, I bro, like, I mean, did I not look right in the first half? I mean I didn't think you did, you did, you did especially like with that. how how the Packers were struggling early yeah. on. And then the but, second uh, half uh, was a different story, but yeah. But yeah, obviously your offense, defense has looked great. Uh, your special teams, though, like especially with Mason Crosby's inconsistency so far this year, like I, uh, it kind of scares me a little bit with how a lot, doing. a lot, dude. I thought I was hoping that was all the only thing we had to worry about, but apparently not. Yeah, every, every game or something to spec with a unit. So I don't know, man. Yeah. Uh, well, hopefully. Hopefully he kicks into the gear towards the end of the year and just makes a push towards the playoffs. So yeah. that's that's what you hope for. All right, moving on to next week's games. There's a couple games of the weeks. Uh, you know, first starting off with uh, Matt's Patriots versus the Colts. Matt, what do you think about this? Um, so I'll 
So I'll describe the Patriots game plan. If you guys want to chime in with what the Colts need to do against him, like we'll we'll feed off each other on that. But for the yeah. Patriots, like I think the big key on def- let's first start off on defense. Like I think they gotta stack the box and stop Jonathan Taylor because he's the focal point of the offense. Like he's their best offensive player. It's so clear. And uh I think they gotta make Carson mm-hmm. Wentz beat them and I think I think he does have some weapons outside. He has guys like Michael Pittman. He's got whatever's left of T.Y. Hilton. <laughs> and then uh, you know, and he's like, got a couple of good tight ends, too, too and yeah. Jack Doyle and others. And yeah. So they do More have some weapons yeah. on the outside, along with a great offensive line. So, so it'll be interesting what Belichick uh, schemes up against them. But I think the main, the main goal is to not <clears> let <throat> Jonathan Taylor beat you. Like, make sure – Make sure you stack the box and not let him, not let him run past you. And then on the offensive side, you saw when the coach played the Buccaneers. You know how the Buccaneers beat them? They ran the ball with Leonard yep. Fournette. You know what yep. the Patriots need to do? Same thing. Run the ball with <laughs> and Damian that's Harrison, what they do Andre well. Stevenson. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, absolutely. I mean, they're probably going to have to throw a little more than three passes this game. <laughs> but, um, but, yeah, I think the main – the main uh, focus should be to run the ball, like try to try to uh, use live clock and uh, and yeah, and do some play action as well because I think it'll be a little bit better weather than it was in Buffalo. So yeah, so yeah, that's that's what I think the Patriots need to do. Uh, what the Colts need to do to beat the Patriots, like go for it. Well, uh, I'll say this: I definitely agree with you on the both points about the Patriots, especially with stopping Jonathan Taylor. You know Bill Belichick's model this week is going to want to put them in second and third and long to make them, have them on obvious passing downs. And then, you know, as well as Carson Wentz has played this year, he can have a penchant for turnovers. And, you know, if you put him in second and third and long, you put him in obvious passing situations, I think Bill Belichick can dial up some exotic blitzes, cover schemes that'll make Wentz maybe put the ball in harm's way. And that's what he's going to look for. Um, the Colts game plan is simple. It's going to be what the Patriots are going to try to stop. They're going to try to run Jonathan Taylor. They want to set up play action. Uh, they want to uh, make create easy throws for Carson Wench, Wench, Wentz, <laughs> which is uh, which will be set up by the run game. And by that, when you put extra people in the box, it creates easy throws in the pass game. Um, and defensively, I mean, they're going to try to stop the run game. They want Mac Jones to throw it, but they have struggled to stop the run all year. So I don't know how they'll, uh, you know, do it because the Bills game, you saw them at the end, they were putting like nine, 10 in the box. You're not going to be able to do that, you know, in this game because it's not going to be swirling wins. I know Mac Jones isn't exactly the most talented quarterback, but he's going to be in a uh, climate-controlled environment, and he's still going to be – he's an NFL quarterback. He can make simple throws if you're going to send so many people and leave other players uncovered. So they're going to have to try to way to stop the run with eight, you know, seven, eight in the box, you know, occasionally nine. Um, can they do it? I'm not sure, but you know that's what the Colts are going to do. Stop, try to stop the run and establish the run. Yeah, yeah, you're right. They haven't really stopped the run all year. Um, they're not, like you said, try to stop the run. But 
when it comes to obvious passing downs, they need to put pressure on Mac Jones. They need to make him throw under yes. pressure and, and make him make the hard decision. Yes. Um, I think that's the one, one way to stop him. Uh, and on offensive side, you know, like you said, you know, Frank Wright's got to draw up some plays to make easy throws for Carson Wentz, get the ball, get, get the pass game going that sets up the run and, you know, let Jonathan Taylor do his work. But that Patriots defense is a very, very good defense. I'm not going to be surprised if they get shut down. Uh, you know, I hope the Colts would win. You know, I would love to see that. But, um, you know, Patriots are a good defensive team. And, you know, they're just well coached. So it's going to be a good ball game. It's Car- if Carson Wentz can keep his cool, not make many mistakes, and just, you know, play his game, they'll be fine. But, um, yeah, that's about – that's it for me. <coughs> um, the next game of the week is the uh, Ravens and Packers. Uh, of course, that's GG's team, G. Why don't you uh, give a little insight in this one? Well, it's all predicated on if Lamar plays. Now, obviously, Brett Huntley is also a mobile quarterback. We all know Lamar is a different beast when it comes to mobile quarterbacks. Um, If he plays, we have historically never done well in stopping mobile quarterbacks. I mean, case in point, even last week, Justin Fields, I think, had nine carries for like 74 yards. So, you know, if you have a mobile quarterback, you know, there's usually – you can have some success against the Packers defense. Um, I think Green Bay is going to want to try to contain Lamar Jackson in the pocket and obviously make him beat them with his arm rather than his legs. And if they can do that, they're going to have a really good shot at winning this game. And I believe on the flip side, offensively, they're going to want to establish the ground game with Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon um, and create – uh, the play-action game through the run game to create easy throws for Rodgers, who doesn't need easy throws, but freaking if you can give it to him anyway, like whatever. Um, But, yeah, I mean, uh, I think it's going to be a good test for Green Bay. I believe, like I said, um, establishing the run game is going to be important in this game against the Ravens' defense. And if we can keep Lamar contained – I believe we have the horses in the back end to contain those receivers. Eric Stokes and Rasul Douglas have been playing lights out. You know, even without Jair, you know, I think they can do a good enough job of those receivers. <coughs> and, um, yeah, you know, so we'll see what happens. Um, like I said, if Lamar's healthy, it or if Lamar isn't healthy, then uh, it changes a lot what I think about this game, but I still like our chances, even if Lamar plays. I think we'll uh, contain him just enough to get a W this week. Um, Matt, you got any thoughts on this? Yeah, so I'll talk more on the Ravens side. Uh, this is, I think the Ravens need this more than the Packers because they're playing for a spot in the playoffs. And Packers, I mean, although they're playing for a number one seed, like there you pretty much have a spot. And it's in Baltimore as well, so they're going to have their home crowd and they're going to have the environment that they're so used to. So so I think that's a little bit in favor of the Ravens. But in terms of the game plan, uh, I think with on offense, like they got to let Lamar do his thing, hoping that his ankle is healthy. Like he'll be able to scramble out of the pocket, like make some big runs. Like you saw, you saw in the last game when the Packers played the Bears, like they struggled a little bit against Justin Fields for a bit. But, uh, yeah. but yeah, I think – Justin Fields inexperienced, like 
like hindered him a little bit at the end, but in the beginning, like you saw, like he was able to get his way a little bit. And with Lamar, like he's a lot more mobile and he's a lot more experienced. So, so it'll be interesting to see what uh, Joe Barry plans up for that defense. And, uh, and for the Ravens on defense, I'm not going to lie. I don't know how to stop them. Uh, the Packers are just so balanced offensively. Like, like you can't stack the box because obviously Aaron Rodgers can pick you apart, especially against that secondary because because it's so depleted right now with no Marlon Humphrey since uh, he's out for the year. So, and you can't and you can't play too high safety or cover two and and keep the box light because obviously you got Aaron Jones who's having a great year and then AJ Dillon who's a freaking monster like 250 pounds and just trucks people every time he runs. I feel like. So, so yeah, I'm not sure exactly how Ravens would uh, would plan plan this game, but uh, but yeah, I think if the Ravens want any chance of winning, like they're gonna have to outscore them, like it's gonna have to be a shootout. So, so yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens, but uh, but yeah, I hope it's a good game. I don't like the Ravens' chances too much, but but I really hope it's close. So. <clears throat> Um, whew, what can I say? I think that the Packers will definitely destroy the rate. Oh, not destroy them. They're going to beat them. Um, Ravens, you know, they, they expect Lamar to play week, play this week. That's fine. I don't know how his ankle's going to hold up. You know, we'll see. You know, I think the Packers are going to bottleneck him up, make him throw. You know, he's like I'm saying, I mean, I don't, you know, I'm not doubting Lamar. I'm not doubting his skill set. His skill set's great. He's a fantastic runner. He's an athlete. He's smart. But he's complete completion percentage here is 64%, which is not bad. 2,882 yards, 16 touchdowns, 13 interceptions. I'm sorry, but without <laughs> – I mean, yeah, you have your legs, but you need to start being an NFL quarterback. And most NFL quarterbacks, if not almost all of them, have to be able to throw the ball. So – for sure, you know, you know, especially with his ankle being a little probably sore this week, he's not going to be very much a runner, and he needs to start proving himself as a passer. Um, they need to run the ball well. I know they're depleted at the running back spot, and their defense needs to play well because this Packers offense is on fire, and they need to stop them. Um, they need to create pressure for Aaron Rodgers. They need to get get to him and sack him. They need to do something. Uh, you know, I, I trust uh, Jim Harbaugh. He's a he's a smart he's a smart good coach. I'm sure he'll think of something, uh, but yeah, it, it should be a good game. Uh, if Lamar feels good and healthy on his ankle, it's, it should be an exciting game. Sure, uh, definitely. And um, moving on, uh, we're gonna go to McNabb's top five, power five, whatever you like to call it. All right, so here's the McNabb power rankings right here. So at number five, I have the New England Patriots. Uh, I know they just came off a of bye. Um, they're going to have a real tough test against the Colts on Saturday. Um, they, I don't know what their, where their defense is ranked statistically, but I test, they're the best defense in the league, and I think most people can yeah. agree with me on that. And uh, obviously, like Mac Jones, like he'll throw the ball more. The run game's been great. Uh, having Trent Brown back on that offensive line has made the offense so much more efficient. So, so yeah, I have them at number five. Number four, I have the Arizona Cardinals. Uh, they did come off a tough loss against the Rams in their home stadium. 
Uh, I don't know what the issue is, but for some reason, Arizona keeps losing to teams that are missing half their players. Like you saw with the Packers when they were missing their entire receiving core. And then yesterday when the Rams were missing their best cornerback and uh, Tyler Higby, yeah, the tight end for the Rams. Yeah. So, so I'm not exactly sure what the Cardinals' issue is, like beating everybody with their backup quarterback and, uh, and other teams at full strength. And then when they play against teams in their home stadium that with, are depleted, that are depleted, <laughs> like they lose. So, yeah. so yeah, I guess maybe they just have to play play real good competition to to win games and also not scoring more than 30 points didn't help either. And then at number three, I have the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, Matthew Stafford, he looked amazing yesterday. And you were talking about how, how Aaron Rodgers was making picture perfect throws against the Bears. Matthew Stafford is doing the same thing. That like, throw he had a cup. great, Yeah, oh that throw Lord. the cup. And then that throw to Van Jefferson as yeah, well. A beautiful, touchdown. Like, beautiful. That, those were just beautiful rainbows over the top. Uh, it looks like Odell Beckham is uh is getting into a group of things. Like he's uh he's getting adjusted to the Sean McVay system. He had a great game yesterday, and obviously you got Cooper Cup. Like he's just a stud. He could uh p- potentially get the triple crown in terms of uh, wide receiver stats. So mm-hmm. and then the defense, like you got number ninety nine, you're always gonna be good. And then they'll get Jalen Ramsey back. So so like they'll they'll be pretty good on on that side of the ball. And then at number two, at the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, they had an enormous win against the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Brady did play great in the first half, struggle in the second half. And then on the defensive side, they played great in the first half and then struggled in the second, the second half. half yeah. but, uh, but the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were able to get away with it, got it into overtime, and uh, the defense made the plays when they needed to. And, uh, and yeah, obviously – Tampa scored their touchdown when uh, they got the ball in overtime. Yep. So, uh, so it'll be interesting to see. They have a real easy schedule the last four games. I think they play the Saints next games or next game, and then the Panthers twice, and, and the, then Jets the Jets in between. Yep. So, so that's pretty much four easy wins, and they're yep. right up there for number one seed with the Packers. Yep. And then, and then at number one, I have the Green Bay Packers. Uh, <laughs> Like I pointed out last week, I just think they're the most complete team besides special teams. Obviously, they need to work on that a little bit. But their offense, like, they got Aaron Rodgers. They got a great run game. Devontae Adams is a stud. Uh, They should get Bakhtiari back. Uh, They are missing a couple key offensive linemen, though. Uh, Elgin Jenkins, obviously, out for the season. And then uh, Billy Turner. I don't know what his status is, but but he hurt his knee pretty bad. Did you hear what? But the status is yet, We don't know yet, but it sounds like he could miss time. And is it? Did they say it's ligament damage, or I think I, I think it was something along the lines of that. But it's, they're still not sure. They want to do, I think, some more testing. Okay. Um, so, but I'll say this though: we cannot afford to lose any more linemen. We already no. And if they lose him, like that would be huge because they got yeah. they got to put a backup at right tackle now too. Yeah, and, and then they already are putting the backup at left guard, and hoping Bakhtiari no. can be can be himself, like coming off a torn ACL. Like that'll be that'll be <clears throat> the big key for that offensive line. And obviously, with the Packers' defense, like they've been doing their thing this year, uh, despite the fact that they have no Jair Jair Smith and uh, Jair Alexander, like yeah. Sue Douglas and 
and uh, Eric, Eric Stokes, Stokes. Are holding it down at the cornerback position, and then uh, the defensive front, like Rashawn Gary, looks like he's he's coming up, like he's making a big leap this year, and has been a big impact. Has been a big impact there, and along with Preston Smith, I know G, you weren't a big fan of his last year, but this year, like I think, I think he's taking it a little more seriously and has yeah. been producing. So, so yeah, that defense has looked very good. So, yep. That's my top five. Do you guys agree with me or, or is there some argument, especially with the Patriots, Ryan? I can't because it's so – it's so not, – not that I, – I mean, you could probably put the Cowboys there, but it's not really a, a close chance. The Patriots have been playing really good this year, but it's so lopsided this year. You can't, like – you can't argue this anymore because, you look, NFC has a three 10 of three teams and time they have diddly crap. You know, the Chiefs are definitely improving. That's true. That is true. Uh, Ravens haven't been playing so well. Titans, you know, they haven't looked the same without Derrick Henry. So, I, I can't argue with it. I would wish I wish I can argue. I wish, but I can't. I don't know. Yeah, it's, you know, it's an NFC-dominant list it here. Is. Like, the top four are NFC teams. In, and I put the Patriots, um, but you can also put the Chiefs there as well. So Good. I, I think the Patriots are better. I would probably switch yep. two things. I think the Packers special teams and their injuries give me cause for pause. And I would probably flip them in Tampa because I think Tampa is getting a little healthier. You know, they're starting to get some corners back and Green Bay still, you know, they're missing stuff, even though we're still playing well. I think I just think there were just guys just keep dropping like flies um, until I see some improvement health-wise and improvement in the special teams. You know, I'm a little worried. So I'd probably flip Tampa and Green Bay, and I would switch the Chiefs and the Patriots. As much as I'm a big fan of what the Patriots are doing, and it's hard for me, but I'm looking at what the Chiefs have done. It looks like their offense is starting to wake up, and their defense is playing pretty freaking good. So, you know, mm-hmm. it's more like we know the Patriots have a better defense than the Chiefs, but I still think yeah. Patrick Mahomes is significantly better than Mac Jones. That's kind yeah, of yeah. That's my thing nope. with the Chiefs. Um, their offense. I don't know if they've woken up yet because the only two good offensive games they've had were against the Raiders. That's true. Everybody else, like they've been scoring under twenty points. So I gotta see how they do against the Chargers, and then yeah. I think they play the they play a couple other good teams after that. So I think I think I'll determine I'll determine the Chargers game to see if. I can really say the Chiefs' offense is back per se, yeah. But uh, but I gotta see it first. And then uh, with your switch for Buccaneers and Packers, even though the Buccaneers' secondary is getting healthier, I don't know if I can trust them. And I don't think that defensive front is as good as it was last year to to hold up the secondary. So that's my only reason why I'd put the Packers over the Buccaneers. Just because yeah. their their defense is a little better, but yeah, like you said, like the special teams is a little concerning, and and if they're gonna give up uh, punt returns or kick returns to field goal range, to opposing teams' field goal range, then yeah, that's definitely a cause for concern. But but mm-hmm. if they can somewhat fix that up, like I would still take the Packers, but but we'll see what happens. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's a it's a tough toss up for that number five spot. Um, yeah, the Chiefs are definitely playing a lot better. Um, you're, you're showing some life in that offense. Um, and then, yeah, I see your switch with the uh, the one and two uh, with Tampa Bay and Packers. You can go either or with that. You know, we're gonna have to see down the stretch. That's gonna be the big uh, 
Okay, we'll, we'll know going into the playoffs. We'll know, definitely, better. Yeah. yeah. And who the Packers play the next – I know they play Ravens. They play Browns too, right? Ravens, Browns, Vikings, and Detroit. And okay, those, so – and Detroit's the only one that's a guaranteed win. The other pretty three, much, yeah, like, yeah they're like know, that's. Yeah. I mean, especially <laughs> Cleveland and Baltimore, like they're trying to play for playoffs. And spot, so is the Vikings know. too, and Vikings the Vikings too, and and the Vikings want to beat the Packers too. Like that's they pretty much them. their they Super Bowl. Yeah, but they want to beat them twice because that's pretty much their yeah. Super Bowl yeah, pretty much. <laughs> to beat the Packers. Yeah. <laughs> you ain't lying. Yep. Um, all right, moving on. Um, so this past weekend on Sunday was the uh, if you watch other than the nfl there's the cfl which is the canadian football league uh we had will on last <laughs> week we talked about that a little bit uh so the blue bombers the winnipeg blue bombers took uh hamilton tiger cats in hamilton uh it was a, a you know i saw the highlights i didn't get to see the game but it was a really exciting game uh it, you know canadian rules are definitely different it's a different uh mindset that you have to like kind of watch the game with but um you know, it came down to the wire. OT, the blue Pom- the blue bombers won at 35-25. Um, you know, as their overtime they go, you know, someone gets the ball. If they score, the other team gets a chance to score. So it came down to that where the the blue bombers scored, the tire guys were driving, and it ended up them throwing a pick. It got tipped a couple times, and Winnipeg picked it off, and they won the game. Um, it was definitely uh, a one to watch for. You know, blue bombers struggled in the first half. You know, their quarterback threw two interceptions, but they uh, came back and they closed it up and they uh, won their second straight title, second straight title. You know, you know, COVID, you know, missed the year, came back and won this year. So congrats to them. Um, And um, yeah. All right. We're going to hold up for a second. G got disconnected. Yeah. You good? Yeah, sorry guys. Right. I don't know. No what I'll fix that up. <clears throat> All right, I gave a little pause, so we should get we should be good going to the next subject. Unless you guys want to talk about the CFO. Nah, uh, we'll go to the next. Yeah, that's fine. Right. Yeah, okay. I don't know anything uh, about CFL. <laughs> All right, guys. So moving on to the next subject, uh, Steph Curry. Uh, guys, give me a little some insight. I don't really know much. You know what's happening right now. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah. So Stephen Curry. Uh, he broke uh, the three-point record, like the most threes made in NBA history. He just broke Ray Allen's record in today's game against the New York Knicks. And uh, my thoughts on it are, is it's just, it's like mind-blowing how he did it. Um, like you saw when you first got into the NBA, like he was going through a lot of injury problems. Like he had that bad ankle, he had bad ankles where a lot of people thought it was career threatening, but he was able to bounce back and be able to make threes at a rate where, where like it's just historic. It's just unheard of. And, uh, and the most impressive thing about that is like as good, as much as I love Ray Allen and Reggie Miller, guys like Clay Thompson as well, like the degree of difficulty that of threes that Steph Curry's taking, like is insane. Like he's shooting threes off the dribble over people's arms, like, and people are like giving their best defensive shots at him every time he has the ball in his hands. Like, like it's just amazing how how he's making some of those threes. Like, especially like 
10 feet, 10 feet outside the three point line and taking a couple dribbles and just, just flicking it over the defensive players' hands. And, uh, and yeah, it's just amazing to see. And, uh, and yeah, I'm super happy for him. Couldn't, couldn't have happened to a better man. And, uh, and yeah, right now to me, he's definitely the MVP candidate going a little off topic here, especially with how the Warriors are doing. So, for sure. So, like, it's pretty amazing what he's done. Like, do you, do you like to add on to that? Yeah. Um, bittersweet. Uh, Ray Allen's my all-time favorite player. We knew the record was going to be broken. Um, but he's such a great guy. Like, you can't help but be happy for him. You know, and Ray was at the Garden. You know, he made sure to get out there so he can congratulate him in person. You know, both guys are really classy. So longer Reggie. Um, you touched on Steph's ability to shoot. And you were pretty much spot on. Like, his degree of difficulty with the shots he takes is just a level above, like, what, uh, you know, guys like uh, Ray, Reggie, and Clay could do. Reggie, Reggie and Clay are more, like, catch-and-shoot catch players. Catch-and-shoot guys, yeah. Ray could take it off the bounce, but he couldn't do it to the level Steph could. Like, I watched, yeah. I watched, I watched Ray in Milwaukee and Seattle growing up. Like, he was, you know, people forget – those days comparative to Boston and Miami when he was strictly a catch shoot player. Like Ray was athletic. He could drive, dunk it on you, um, shoot it, catch and shoot off the dribble. Like he, he was like a, like a level above Reggie for that. Like the way he could shoot off the dribble, but the way Steph does it off the dribble is just a whole nother territory. Like he's going behind the back. You know what I mean? Like, around two people flicking over his wrist from like 35 feet out you know it's just insane it, it's it's crazy i mean i i i'm in awe of some of the shots that he can hit it's like he's just doing these step back fadeaways where i'm just like it's like a normal shot for him and i'm just like what the hell you know what i mean um so he's definitely the best shooter that the game has ever seen and uh good on him for breaking the record yeah, and the big thing with him, and I think a lot of people notice it by now, is how much he's changed the game. Yeah. Like, ever since he came into the league, like, this <coughs> has really – the NBA has really turned into a three-point league. Like, you see high schoolers nowadays, like and – th- and I think he's part of the reason why we don't really have skilled big men anymore because everybody wants to do what Steph does, like shoot yeah. threes, like people be good ball handlers. And, like, you're seeing seven-footers – in college now, guys like Chet Holmgren and uh, and Paolo Banchero, the projected number one pick for Duke, like, and he's six ten and like playing like a guard, like it's <laughs> it's like unbelievable. Like kids nowadays, like they see how how he's playing and they want to emulate him. And to a certain degree, like it could be bad because some of the shots he's taking, like I think a lot of it's just natural talent. Like that's just God's gift. Yeah, so, like a lot of players can't replicate. No, they can't. No, it's, yeah, it's they're like trying. Impossible. Yeah, they they tried, but they yeah. can't replicate that. And the closest guy to him, to me, I think you're gonna. I know you're gonna is, say Dame Lillard. Yep, I was just yep. gonna say him. Yeah, yep, like Dame just Lillard. another guy who can really shoot like, off the dribble, like do everything, like the, the way stuff. Yeah, he does. He does hit and take similar shots that stuff does. Yeah, from like thirty plus feet out with consistency too. So. Yeah, I had a feeling you were going to say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, I do also want to point out, how does how stupid does Minnesota, the Minnesota Timberwolves feel right now? 
in the 2009 NBA draft. What do you mean? They drafted Johnny Flynn and Ricky Rubio. (laughs) Yeah, before Steph Curry. Yeah. And and where where exactly is Johnny Flynn now and then Ricky Rubio? I mean, he's had a solid NBA career, but – yeah, you man, can't put him in the know, same sentences. Of course not. Yeah. <laughs> of course not. It's it's yeah. it's insane. Yeah, I just think they just chose the wrong two point guards. <laughs> yeah, but look at where Steph Curry ended up with Steve Kerr, and you know the way you know he helped Steph become the the player. Uh, actually, he so. went to uh, Mark Jackson. Yeah, he's well, the yeah. one that he's the yeah. one that developed Steph Curry. Really, yeah. Uh, right. Kerr, Kerr kind of like helped. Yeah, he kind of hopped into his super team. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but I mean. Still. But to your point, Ryan, like he went to a good situation, yeah, in Golden State to kind of help him develop. Yeah, we just don't know if you know he would have had this career if he went with you, like you said, to Minnesota or wherever. So, um, you know, it's kind of hard to play those odds. But hey, congrats to Steph. You know, he, he I hope he keeps going, gets a three thousand, and you know, long live the record. You know, I don't think it's gonna be broken for the next like thirty, forty years. So, um, yeah. Yeah, for real. Definitely. <clears throat> All right, guys. Uh, I think that does it for tonight. Uh, it's been a pleasure talking sports, football, basketball, whatever it is. Um, we are on Anchor, Google, Spotify, Apple, you name her on it. Uh, we were three, three got game. We also have Instagram at three got game. Um, and um, guys, it's been a pleasure. You know, hope have a good night. You too, boys. Thanks, Always right. pleasure talking to you. Yep. Talk to you guys soon. Later. Take care, everybody.